Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. Welcome, everyone, to our podcast for the sake of the child. My name is Susan Sellers. I'm the spouse of an active duty service member, parent to three military kids, master parent-to-parent educator, and now a podcast host at the Military Child Education Coalition. Today, we're going to talk to Madeline about how taking a gap year not only made her a better student, but also helped her to identify who she truly wants to be. Madeline, thank you so much for joining me today. Currently, you're finishing your senior semester at a school just outside of Boston. Can you share with our listeners, what are you studying? Yeah, um, thank you so much for having me today. Um, I'm really excited. I am studying um, community health and anthropology and minoring in food systems and nutrition. Wow, that sounds really interesting combination of majors. I'm curious, what drew you to those particular areas of study? Um, I think it definitely, like, it stemmed from, like, a deep desire to help other people and, like, commit my life um to, to doing that um and i know that that's that i, I want to work in an area um in the future where i'm i'm like committed to some kind of public service um and so that's kind of, that's definitely what drew me to community health um initially and then with anthropology i think that that's given me a space to like fulfill my desire to understand a lot of big structural problems and issues that face so many people in the world and just like spending a lot of time unpacking like a lot of big issues. And then with my my minor in food systems and nutrition, like stems from a like deep love of food and in culinary practices and, and learning about food systems and understanding where the food that we eat comes from. I have to say, I'm always fascinated with the path people take to to reach their goals. And I would love to talk a little bit about your journey. Like most military kids, you've grown up moving. And in fact, I believe in your bio, you you actually attended three high schools. Will you share kind of how this journey impacted you? Yeah, it was definitely very hard. I think especially um, moving so much in high school, which is like a time in one's life when you're you're becoming your own person and forming an identity of that's like very much your own. And when you like don't have like a constancy in like your surroundings, it's very jarring and startling. And I just like having to say goodbye to friends forever and it's just it it, it was definitely really really hard and I, especially like especially in high school and I, I had to move my senior year from a place that I really really loved living which is an added challenge in addition to the stress of applying to colleges but at the same time even like I think that growing up moving so much did of course create like a for me and for my brother like a deep res- like resiliency and being able to adapt to new to like new places and environments and challenges 
that I think if I had grown up living in one place is like comforting and content as that may have been. Um, I think that I, I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't been exposed to so many different places and hadn't gotten to move so much. I know that in our earlier conversation before this interview, you had mentioned actually that you had attended, one of the high schools you attended had been located at West Point in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk about how that culture sort of affected potentially what you were thinking you'd be doing in the future? Yeah, yeah. So when we, I lived at West Point, my soft, like for half of my sophomore year and all of my junior year of high school. And like from the first day we got there, I had absolutely fallen in love with the place. I, I my dad and I went on a run on Christmas morning, I remember. And, and I was like, dad, like this is the most beautiful place we've ever lived. Um, and we the West Point's right on the Hudson River. And I joined my high school's crew team and was like absolutely fell in love with rowing as a sport. And then I think also like being on on a college campus. I I think as of like a sophomore and junior in high school, I was I was you know beginning the beginning to think about attending college in the future. But this was before I had gone on any college tours, and so West Point was my first exposure to any kind of like higher education environment which is, it makes for a really interesting first exposure to that because it's so different from um, where I'm at school now and from most other schools in the country. Um, and definitely had a big impact because of that. And there, there were lots of opportunities to interact with cadets at West Point and to attend lots of events. And my youth group had like cadet volunteers that, um, that kind of helped lead a lot of the programming and and there were lots of like opportunities for like mentor mentee relationships with them. And I was also in JROTC in high school um, when we lived there and, and really was becoming like enamored with this idea of being in the military um, and going to West Point. And I, I think that the like being immersed in that environment, like by living on, on the base and having so many interactions with cadets who um, the ones that I knew were just such wonderful people. And you could tell like how deeply committed and like they were to to like the values of duty on our country and just how determined they were and the and hardworking and like the, the ways that they carried themselves and, and did so much. And I was so inspired by that and totally could see myself doing that when we lived there. <laughs> yeah. Well, certainly, as you mentioned, you know, your your studies that you're currently doing right now are service-oriented. You've grown up in a military family, and so you value the importance of, of service. So I can certainly see why you really started identifying mm-hmm. with the community you were in at the time at West Point and how you were feeling like this was the path that you needed to take. Um, so much so um, that I know that you ended up applying to West Point. But something happened you did not graduate there. You actually moved to North Carolina and ended up graduating from a school in Fort Bragg. Can you kind of share then what transpired? You leave West Point and you end up, I think it's your senior year, is that right, that you ended up spending at Fort Bragg? And what kind of what kind of started to affect you there, this different environment that you were now in? Yeah, yeah. I think that the, let me see, I think like being separated from West Point and even though I, I was so sad to leave I absolutely loved being there and living there I think it g- gave me like the space to kind of see 
more clearly other paths that my life might take. And even though even though I was still separated from it, I still definitely was interested in applying to West Point and ended up applying um, and getting accepted. But at the same time, was also looking at at a bunch of liberal arts schools in the Northeast and and just and had a lot of interest in that the like liberal arts and like private college mindset and and I felt and I so I was kind of torn between these two sides of me that I don't see as as so opposed I think as some people might you know framing framing like students at these like liberal like private colleges and at West Point as like completely opposite entities but I think there are so many intersections and in that so many of the students are so caring and so much of the work that they do comes from a place of like wanting to make the world a better place but in just in just different ways and so I think I was I was definitely kind of torn between that and I think only in like retrospect am I able to see the like the where that connection comes from and yeah and so I think I think that definitely in my senior year I was a very stressful time, and I, I think for anyone it is. Okay. So, Madeline, you know, it sounds like you were really struggling with which path would fit your passions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think in, in addition to kind of, you know, trying, like, having just constant existential crises as to what I was going to do with the rest of my life from, like, at, at this point in my senior year in high school, I just felt like I wasn't, I didn't have the time and like energy to like figure out what I wanted to do because <laughs> it was just like there's just after the, I think graduation was on like May 20th of 2015 and it was like that point and then just I couldn't see what was what was going to be after that um, and there was just this, I, I don't know, like all through middle school and high school, I I was definitely a perfectionist and really really like stressed all the time about grades i was definitely like high performing and did well in school um, and it was very important to me that i did well in school and i was very self-motivated but so much of it came from these outside expectations of like very widespread like societal expectations that you know every student has to get really good grades like go to a really good college and then know exactly what you're going to do for the rest of your life and that just I, I was feeling so burdened by that, in addition to kind of this struggle and trying to figure out which path was, was going to be the right thing for me, whether it was West Point or more like, you know, quote unquote, like liberal, like liberal arts school or something else. <laughs> and so that's definitely where I was at for a lot of my senior year. I think a lot of kids can definitely identify with what you went through, you know, in a culture where, you know, the expectations, as you said, are to have good grades, go to college, and to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. I mean, that's so stressful. So you decided to kind of break the mold and take a gap year. Will you share with our listeners what really made you decide to follow this particular option? There's definitely lots of, like, many um, important factors that influence that decision. In addition to applying to colleges, I also applied to a scholarship program um, that's run by the Department of State to study, like, a, a national security language in, in a country where that language is natively spoken. And I'd heard about that from a friend and just was like, oh, that, that sounds really, really cool. And just, I feel like I always had, like, a sense of adventure and a desire to, to like 
to do something different and break the mold and and just to experience more of the world and I thought that would be a really great opportunity to do something like that and I ended up getting an interview and then getting accepted to it and then at the same time had gotten accepted to West Point and to a couple other schools as well as several schools that I didn't get into and it just it just ended up being very clear that taking a gap year was through this program was going to be something that I it felt like I I have this saying that it's a quote from a poem I think that gut feelings are guardian angels and I definitely had like a gut feeling that that the taking a gap year through this program was exactly what I needed to do so I, I think and I had a lot like so much support from my parents in doing that and which was which was really comforting um, to be able to be able to go ahead into this with a lot of support from my family, um, even though they were definitely were apprehensive about it. But, and then I think that I, I knew deeply that I needed to have some time to like slow down um, and like take a break from this like stress of, like the cyclical stress of getting good grades, going to college, like knowing what I'm gonna, like figuring out what I'm gonna do with the rest of my life. I, it just, it became more and more clear like throughout my senior year that that I needed to get out of that before coming back into it because I knew I was going to go to college eventually. But I I definitely am, I mean, I don't regret anything about the decision to take a gap year. It was the, one of the most important and transform, transformational experiences I've ever had. I think it was a very brave choice. And I would actually like to hear just a little bit more briefly, you had mentioned the program was the State Department Language Initiative. Mm -hmm. And you actually Mm -hmm. relocated to Morocco um, for, Mm -hmm. was it 10 months? Is that right? It was for eight months, yeah. Eight months. Can you tell us Mm -hmm. a little bit about the program, just briefly, you know, what it entailed, kind of like what a typical day was for you living in Mm -hmm. Morocco? The program is called the National Security Language Initiative for Youth, and they have academic year programs that range from like eight to ten months, and then also summer programs that are two, two and a half months long. It's fully funded merit scholarship. And they send students um, under the age of eight, or 18 years of age and younger to a variety of countries that speak security languages, which include Arabic, Chinese, Korean, Russian, and a couple others. And so I, I was accepted and did the, the academic year program in Marrakesh, Morocco, um, which is a, a pre, one of the biggest cities in Morocco and more in like the southern region of the country sort of inland and I I lived with a host family for the the entire time and my host mom and dad and then I had three sisters and the the, the youngest one was seven when I was there and the oldest one was 21 and the middle one was 17 so right about my age and there were 12 other American students or 11 other American students in the program with me so there were 12 of us total and we had about like four to five hours of Arabic language instruction every single day or five days a week. And that was a, a mixture of, of modern standard Arabic, which is the, the, like, the more formal standardized Arabic that you would find in like newspapers or on the news and, and like in any kind of literature written works is usually in modern standard Arabic. So in addition to the to like the Arabic classes we had every day, we also did cultural classes. Um, I took a 
a traditional felting class to learn how to make like woolen crafts. And there were also like wood making classes and cooking classes, which I loved. <laughs> We had some lessons on the Quran and learned a lot about Islam. And most, like, all of our host families were Muslim, um, which was another really powerful learning experience for me to learn about another religion that I hadn't ever been exposed to before. Um, and then we also got to travel the country a lot and see different parts of it and, and meet other people, which is another really powerful, like, part of the experience was getting to see so much of the country. Well, Madeline, I have to say, truly living in Morocco sounds like it was one of those l- once-in-a-lifetime experiences, and I know you you stated that you're so happy that you took advantage of it. What would you say was your biggest takeaway from living there in Morocco? <laughs> it's so it's so difficult to sum all of it up into like one single biggest takeaway. But the I think that the first thing, like very broadly, is that there's there's just always more to learn in the world, and I think that. Like being in Morocco for for that time in my life when I was like 17, 18 years old gave me this like deep ability to be really open-minded and like both willing and able to make connections with people from very different backgrounds than me, from like just the other American students in my group to like my Moroccan host family and um, other Moroccans that we interacted with like in our classes and um, when we were traveling. I think just just like being willing and open to to forming connections with people and and willing and able to to like to just like be a sponge and just like like immerse yourself and and then like be willing to have all of these like really rich unique experiences and also just fill like filling my brain with all this new knowledge and um an understanding of of the world so I think it just kind of expanded my my world beyond what I ever thought, like, had thought it could be before that. And, yeah, with, without a doubt, like, my my time in Morocco, which just feels like so long ago. I mean, I was there, like, five years ago now, about. And, yeah, truly, like, once-in-a-lifetime experience. It was just, like, absolutely transformational. I, I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't um, if I hadn't been there. Well, it sounds like you, in addition to, you know, kind of figuring out a little bit more of who you were, and but it also sounded like you were able to re-energize yourself in terms of learning. You know, you had mentioned you stressed out your senior year, only focusing on, you know, you didn't have time to really internalize and, and learn to grow as a person that you were just consumed with academics. And it sounds like this opportunity really helped you to kind of relight that fire for learning and for Mm -hmm. education. So I'm curious. So once you finished your time in Morocco, you actually applied to colleges and happened to get into one uh, that you originally didn't get into. And so I think that's Mm -hmm. really, really a neat uh, tidbit that I want our listeners to know, but I'm curious. So your experience at Morocco and now that you're back in college, what would you say how this helped you now in terms of going to college? How did, how did your time in Morocco help you to be a better student? Oh, I mean, so much. Like you said, I, I like throughout high school and especially at the end, I was so stressed and so burnt out by by the end of it. 
that it just, it didn't feel, you know, truly, it really didn't feel like learning was all that fun, which I, you know, four years, like five, six years later now as a senior in college, I'm like, learning is so much fun. I want to do it for the rest of my life. But I remember at the end of senior year, just being like, I am so over this. Like I, and I, I think that so much of it was rooted in that, like this deep stress and pressure that I was feeling of like high performance all the time. And I think being in Morocco, where I still was in, like, a very academically rigorous, like, situation, um, like, with five hours of Arabic classes a day, it was, it was exhausting. Like, it was really hard. But it was so much fun to be, like, so deeply immersed in this language and in this culture that it just felt like so, so much, like, the learning was so much more real and so, like, readily applicable to my surroundings. And I think that I had really wonderful Arabic teachers who were so passionate about teach. They were they were all Moroccan, who was there. They were so passionate about like sharing their language and culture with us. And then just and then the the eleven other students that I was there with, who most like many of whom are like still my some of my best friends in the world. They they had such a, a deep excitement, um, which I def I felt too, and I think we all fed on each other's excitement and like curiosity and wanting to learn and I think that I've been able to like keep that that curiosity like this very deep rooted curiosity and like desire to to learn more about everything all the time I think I've been able to like carry that on into college so much and I, I still even though I'm you know, in my last semester at college, I I still feel so, like, I love all of my classes still so much. Madeline, it sounds like you were able to kind of hone in on what you were passionate about and continue to carry that passion uh, for particular subjects, even, and even making connections, as you mentioned, that importance of stretching yourself and, and making those connections in Morocco. It sounds to me like you carried that over into college now, and that you're making these connections uh, with different groups and still maintaining that high passion you had in Morocco for learning into what you're you're currently studying and learning right now. So for those high school seniors that are listening to this podcast and feeling just like you did, what advice would you like to give them? I think one thing that I learned in Morocco is the the power and importance of like of reflection and t- really taking the time to like slow down and reflect and think about how your experiences, like even just like every day, uh, like ex- high school experiences of the everyday are affecting you and how you're feeling about them. And I think that was something I was starting to get towards the end of my senior year as as I was dealing with all the stress of, you know, where am I, where, where am I going to be next year? How, what, like, what, what does the future have in store for me? And then by, by the time that I had made the decision that I was going to take a gap year, and I'm going to do this program, I felt like I was able to slow down and be like, okay, like there's like, how am I feeling about all of this? And and really, I think taking the time to slow down and check in with myself was something that I, I started that I, I think that that, that, that as a practice became really important, especially in Morocco, like as I was experiencing all these, like these new exciting but also scary things for the first time being able to reflect by like journaling and by talking with my friends and like calling my mom (laughs) 
really helped me to process and process everything that I was taking in and like thus be able to like grow from my experiences. And then I think also like just the general advice for high school seniors is take a gap year. <laughs> um, I think that I, I, like I've said, like I wouldn't be the same person who I am today if I hadn't done it. And I think that there's so much value in doing a little part of like breaking the mold and doing something that's outside of the box. Because I think when we're outside of the box, the boxes that we've created for ourselves in society, that's where the most learning can be done um, when we're outside of the, the comfort zone that we've created for ourselves. And that's definitely where I've, in those times when I've pushed outside of that, that's where I've learned the most. So just don't be afraid of that. Well, Madeline, I have to say, I think that's some really insightful advice for anyone, whether they're high school seniors or, or even adults. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Well, it truly has been my pleasure to chat with you, and I appreciate you sharing your story, and I really admire the brave path that you've taken to reach your goals, and I want to just wish you the best of luck and whatever the future may hold, and I'd like to thank all our listeners for joining us today. Now, we are going to include the link about the State Department's program that Madeline mentioned in the show's notes if you're interested. So please remember to like, share, and subscribe as well. And as always, we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you'd like to hear more about. Have a great day. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.